What's up everybody? Hello and welcome to episode number 133 of the VK Bros. With the VK Bros, Jason and Alex Von Kennel, coming at you on a beautiful Saturday night. Uh, if I look like... I'll come a bit closer to the camera. Can you see this on my nose at all, Alex? Is there a little red mark? Mm, Can you see not anything? Not really. Okay. No. I got... So I worked a little bit today and I was cutting a hedge which had a wasp nest in it and I got nailed straight on the bridge of the nose by one. And I got like three stings on my hand. So if I start sounding like I'm having a stroke or something, I may be having some sort of uh, adverse reaction start, to uh, the injections you, I received from the wasps. If you start looking like Brendan Sharp. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I do have a couple of beers here ready to go. I think that's part of his problem. I think he's getting very, very doughy in the face from just drinking too much booze all yeah, the time. Yeah, I think he's drinking too much. Yeah, don't uh, drink too I much had... booze, ladies and gentlemen. It's bad for you. I had an epic week this week. Mm. There's three major events that happen. I'll start with probably the one people care about the least, which is I just broke my personal best at Lakeside Raceway today. Oh, nice. So I went, went half a second faster. And apparently big. this year is the 60th anniversary of the first, uh, like Lakeside held the first Australian Grand Prix, a Formula One race. Yeah. on that track 60 years ago wow. and has some big names like Bruce McLaren Phil Hill John Surtees like the big or Jack Brabham the big yep. big 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 gun some of the best drivers Phil Hill some of the best drivers ever raced on that track so it was a real honour to be able to um, have a go what was interesting their lap times from that race were about 60 seconds they're doing 60 second laps mm -hmm. I'm doing a 61.8 wow but to think like they were doing that 60 years ago on tires like that wide. Yeah, 60 year older technology. Wild. Yeah, yeah. That that's shows you how good state. drivers they were. So that was cool. Uh, other big news is I started a new company this week. I am not going to say the name yet because I want to have the landing page for people to go to first to see it. Mm -hmm. This company is part of my big side project that will probably end up becoming my main project. Mm -hmm. and it's something very exciting to watch this space it's all happening this year and next year uh jason knows what it is but again mm -hmm. i don't i don't want to say what it is so just just wait yep stay tuned it's, third, it's worth staying tuned for yeah the third big thing is i went and saw dave Chappelle live in brisbane oh, yeah and uh i had friends nice enough to buy me tickets to go and we had great seats it was in boondle Entertainment Center, which is okay. So I've got I'm upset about the venue. No, no. Let me say the the highlights first. Okay, so okay. it was great. They had three comics on. I can't remember the first guy's name. They had Donnell Rawlings there, who yep. is like one of my favorites. He is from Chappelle Show. Uh, he his set was so good, so high energy. Uh, Chappelle was awesome. Aussie hecklers suck like they every comedy show I go to some idiots that just like just yell out and they yell at the dumbest thing however I think it's kind of a problem with the venue the venue was trying to tell us get in there early because they take all everyone's phones off them and right. they put them in these little little uh, bags and so it was you hilarious sets. yeah now we just left our phones in a car because we're like well what's the point in carrying around a phone that you can't make phone calls or see, or see? Yep. Everyone else did, and it was so weird to see a society that was like, 
still holding these uh, these these lifeless things, but they yeah. still revered them in such a way. It was such a weird and bizarre. Dude, feeling. We're, we're cyborgs now, man. Like a phone is an extension of your body. It's I like leaving your a, hand in the car. I was talking to another friend about it after, and he goes, um, "I said." Uh, he goes, yeah, I'm, I'm surprised it wasn't a riot. I said, no, people would have seen the birds and the trees and noticed the beautiful stars. And he goes, I did think my sense of smell was better. <laughs> I thought that was good. Yeah, but, yeah. it's, it's um, funny. But Sorry, when, the, problem is, to... the problem is, the problem is, the problem is that they got you there early. So that we're at like 5 or 5.30. The mm. show didn't start till 8. Right. So we had a skin full of piss yeah, by the tanked. time we got in. Yeah. Now, I need to talk about the drink situation because this was the most ridiculous thing in my mind. For a start, uh, now, we all know that those those drinks are expensive. Cut that, right? It's a venue. Yeah. And we also know that you don't necessarily want glass bottles flying around places mm. in drinking establishments. Okay? Mm-hmm. It sucks. I kind of get it. Yeah. So what would it, what would an alternative be, Jason? What do you think would be an alternative to supply alcohol to the masses? Plastic cups. Okay. Yeah. What's another one? I don't know. A a designated drinking area. Or cans. Nah, cans are still projectiles. Yeah, but you how can... many how many people have been canned to death? Oh, you can stab someone in the neck with a can. When was when was the last canning? Oh, I'm sure they happen it's... all the time. It's not a thing. It's not a thing. So everything was canned, which was which sounds awesome until you order your drink and they crack your can open and oh, pour, and it, pour into it into a plastic, plastic cup. cup. Yeah. Okay. Okay. If you crush honest... a can, if you crush a can, you can still throw it. It can still be a projectile. If you can't throw a yeah, plastic cup, I can. I can put the plastic cup in over my fist, and these are weapons more dangerous. Yeah, but you can't throw your be. fist, like. The whole point is you can't can you can't throw a projectile at stage. Do no damage at all. Alright, so so sometime during the week, let's film a segment where I get to peg crushed cans at you and see how you yeah. feel about it. Yep. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll I'll be as far away from you as I was from Chappelle and you can see if you can hit me with a can. Sure. But anyway. Let's do it. Let's anyway, do it. It got worse because what do you think they did with bottles of water? Yeah, poured them into plastic cups. Why? Because a bottle you of water lose, is a projectile. But not with a lid. If you lose, if you remove the the lid, oh, and when you I'll give you the tip, here's a great motivator that uh, to make something not become a projectile, charge seventeen dollars for it. That's it. No, because then you just piss people off even more. We're Australians. We're yobbos. We're still going to buy the booze. We're just going to be angry about it and then hurl the projectile at someone. I was appalled in just how stupid we've become as a species that we can't be trusted with cans and at the price, the price we have to pay is waiting twice as long to get a drink because you've added a process. Bro. The fact that we're not even allowed bottles of water. That's crazy. Dude, we spent 18 months where, for our own safety, we weren't allowed to go outside. <laughs> How are you surprised about this? Yeah, so bad. <laughs> we are doomed. We are doomed. Oh yeah, it's, it's nanny safe. It's funny though, it, it's funny that you say this, because I was watching a new uh, new, well, I don't know if it's, if it's a new show, but Amanda and I were watching a new show <laughs> the last two nights called Kaleidoscope. Have you heard of it? No. 
So it's on Netflix. It's a show. It's all about some big heist and it jumps around between uh, all different time frames in all in relation to this one heist and it shows all this different and it drip feeds you information per episode. It's really interesting. Uh, it, it starts out, it plays all the typical heisty music, mm. right? Like um, like the episode of Rick and Morty of the heist. All, that mu- music is perfect heist music. I'm yeah. pretty sure they use that soundtrack in this in this thing. But one of the things that annoyed me about it was, obviously it's an American show, and that when they assemble the crew, because there's always a crew for a heist, uh, one of the members of the crew is Australian. And the way they portray him is he is a big, tough, larrikin, alcoholic, yobbo, loudmouth. Yeah. And, I'm, and I, I said to Amanda, I'm like, I really don't like the fact that we're still portrayed like that. But then obviously you go to Chappelle's show and the big, drunk, loudmouth yobbo is heckling the greatest comedian of our generation... And you're like, okay, now I get it. That was the thing that frustrated me. It was like, now I wonder if heckling happens everywhere, but is it because you've just put them, like, we don't get as many shows as what America does. So our shows are huge. There's probably 20,000 people there. Like it was in the same place that Metallica played. And uh, I wonder if purely by probability, you're never going to get a show that large without an idiot in it. Maybe. I think a big part of it is that we do get less shows, so we're a less educated audience. And mm. I base that off, when I, when I watch the UFC, you'll, the, with mixed martial arts, you'll often talk about what is an educated crowd. And an educated crowd is a crowd that doesn't boo when it goes to the ground and they start grappling. Yeah, Because yeah. uneducated crowds don't get it. They just want to see people knock each other out. So you'll, if they'll go to a new place that's not really you know, been having shows for very long, as soon as it goes to the ground, everyone will start booing, mm. right? And I, I think that that's our problem with these big acts that come out from the United States because they don't come very often. We're an uneducated crowd. We don't treat them with the respect that they maybe. deserve. Yeah, maybe. And you now, just uh, ruin the show for everyone else too. Hecklers, well, it, you're not it actually funny. Up, the worst part is this is... Uh, like, I, I consider myself a bit of a comedy nerd and what people don't understand is... Every word is placed in a particular way. That's right. And it's timed a particular way. It's cadenced in a particular way to achieve a certain result. As soon as you yell something out, you've now ruined it. You've Mm. ruined that line. And it happened, like, it's probably happened 10 times to Chappelle. He was getting shits with it. Well, especially when you're a comedian like Chappelle too, where he's not just joke after joke after joke. He's a storyteller, and he has heaps of throwbacks to earlier parts in the show. So if he's trying to establish some of those things, which then become the big crescendo at the end of it, and you fuck it up and everyone misses that part, you hit your crescendo that's supposed to you know, get you a standing ovation and it just falls dead because no one actually knows why it's relevant. I actually think the ending of Chappelle was nowhere near as strong as what it would have been, and I think it was due to the heckling. That's, yeah, how, okay. that's how bad the heckling was. And yeah. it was not, no one was being mean today. They just thought they were being funny. But I'm like, yeah. so you're just a guy and you're trying to go up and you're trying to yell out at the, the greatest comedian that lives today. Yeah, he's you think guy. you're going to be yeah. as funny as him? It, like, you just need to say to people, would you run out on court in an NBA game and try to dunk on LeBron? 
probably mm. not heckling mm. a, a comedian is doing the same thing just yeah. shut the fuck yeah, up and sure. enjoy the show stop ruining it for everyone else but it's all been right. every show like we've been to a stack of shows and, it, and it's, it's it's happening all the time yeah 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 fair enough well yeah Australia pull your Sorry. head in otherwise people stop coming in one quick nerd part another nerd part so moving on to a new subject mm-hmm. uh, I just I just figured out a way with the help of YouTube that could segue us up safe way mm-hmm we got some I big things to talk about today, guys, so stick around. I just figured out how to get ChatGPT into Siri. Right. But what was tricky about it, so basically OpenAI offers an API, don't ask me what API stands for because I don't know, mm-hmm. uh, an API that connects, basically connects two systems together. So you can put an API into and draw stuff out of, ChatGPT and put it into mm-hmm. another device. Yeah, and you can you can set up a Siri shortcut and use the API. Now, I went to do the steps that this guy was telling me how to do, and when I went to OpenAI's website, it said, "Oh, the ChatGPT API is coming soon." But I'm like, "Well, this guy's done it," mm-hmm. so I thought, "Hmm, wonder if it's available in America." So I turn my VPN on, go to America. Bingo! There it is. Right. Grab the grab the API. So we just don't have access to it here in Australia. Yeah. Okay. Grab the API. Set up the shortcut, and now I've like I've basically called it Siri Pro. So I ask Siri Pro, and it will give me ChatGPT answers directly on my phone. Yeah. Interesting. Well, that's that's part of the concern that that we were speaking about in regard to ChatGPT in that it's going to answer everyone's questions so quickly that they will not actually... If they take it at face value, like, ChatGPT owns the world. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not afraid of that because it says some dumb stuff. And mm. once you see it, you'll be like, eh, so it's yeah. not perfect. If you're intelligent yeah. enough to realise it's dumb, then it's all good. But a lot of people yeah. aren't. Yeah, and it sucks to be them. Yeah. All right, let's, let's move on because there's some big things that have happened uh, recently and I think I'll get you to run with this first story, Alex. Yeah, so this one here is... Once I can figure out how to get my screen to do this. Uh, do you know how to say her name? Because I don't. Uh, I think it's Susan Wojcicki. That sounds pretty good. Yeah. So she is the current or was the current CEO of YouTube. Mm-hmm. And she is stepping down. She's worked at the business for 25 years. So it's a yeah. long time. Uh, she's been a long time uh, party member. She's stepping down to, I believe it's to like follow some side projects, spend more time with the family. Yeah. But I just Usual, thought. That, uh, excuses. Yeah. I just thought the timing is interesting. It, 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 is this part of the you know, the great elite resignation, does this fall in line with... Because that was the first thing that that came to me. I was like, oh, what a time to to bail out. A time when the Twitter files are going through and people are realising that uh, government agencies were basically in bed with all these big tech companies and modifying the way that discourse... Now, we know that... Like, we know how bad the censorship was on YouTube and still do. That's why we're not on it anymore. Yeah, that's right. Um, I wanted to hear your thoughts. Well, I mean, even if you look at that, uh, 
the headline for that article there. It says, Disgraced YouTube CEO Susan Wojcicki is stepping down after receiving uh, Representative Jim Jordan's subpoena to testify about her censorship of conservatives. So, something that's happened this week is that uh, now that the Republicans are in the House, they have subpoenaed all of the big tech uh, CEOs to give them information to answer questions, sort of similar to what... uh, Twitter did under Elon Musk all by itself. And one of the biggest criticisms I've saw about that was uh, they were like, oh, it just shows the Republicans are favoring Twitter because they haven't subpoenaed Twitter. Well, no, they haven't subpoenaed Twitter because Twitter answered the questions willingly. None of these other tech yeah. platforms have. And and you're right. It's, it's pretty convenient after being the head of... You- I'm sure she gets paid a decent quid after being the head of YouTube for 25 years. And all of a sudden she wants to spend more time with her family and, and work on some side projects uh, as soon as she gets subpoenaed. So, you know, correlation doesn't always equal causation, but uh, correlation can definitely give you a signal to uh, explore it a little bit further. And I think that... We were, we were sort of having a bit of a conversation about this during the week. I think that lawsuit season is coming very very soon in regards to the entire COVID debacle and you were seeing people like the heads of all these major institutions just resigning stepping down I'm sure that there is some element of safety it gives them by doing that I mean I don't know if it does though if you've if you've committed a crime under your tutelage, you still you would still get subpoenaed. But like I, I can't, it doesn't absolve you from it just because you leave. So she may have been the CEO of YouTube. It would be YouTube that breaks the law, and I'm sure that she's not the one who individually did illegal censorship. You know what I mean? Like it's kind of a, and and in a way too, it probably helps. YouTube or the institution by going, oh yeah, but that happened under Susan Wojcicki's leadership, and she's not here anymore, and it will yeah. never happen again. So I think there's, I think there's a little bit of that, because you've seen, you've seen this all over the shop, as for, like every institution, it's, it's all happening. You like, what have we had in the last few months? So you've had Susan Wojcicki, 25 years at YouTube, she's resigned all of a sudden. You had late last year Anthony Fauci resigned all of a sudden when he was saying after that, 100 years in uh, in the position. Yeah, and the highest paid person in American politics gets paid like 300 grand more than the president does, and he resigned even though he had com- repeatedly stated that he was going to stay until at the very least the end of Biden's term or until COVID was was gone. That's what he said, but he resigned late last year. And, you know, why Why may have he resigned? Well, all the COVID narrative was starting to fall apart. So he jumped while he still had the opportunity. You've had Jacinda Ardern, the Prime Minister of New Zealand. She just resigned. Now, hers could very well be because she knows that after what she did to that country over the last three years, there's absolutely no way she's going to win an election. And they go to an election in October this year. So it could be a, a case of jump before you pushed so you are still marketable because you never lost an election it can also be a case of trying to allow her party to maintain control by all the anger and the hatred towards their party goes with jacinda and they get a fresh start 
because we saw we see that a lot in Australian politics with how often we seem to not be able to choose who our prime minister is because the party just puts a figurehead up and then shoots them and puts someone else in. Um, you know, big one closer to home, John Skerritt, the head of the TGA, just resigned out of the blue. And I've been doing a little bit of digging into this during during the week, and I think it's, again, correlation may not necessarily be causation, but I think it's because there's some very key information that is starting to come out uh, which he was directly responsible for. If you got that uh, that Substack article, so if you can just click on the article, okay. So I'm just going to read some of this for you. So breaking: Australia's drug regulator hid vaccine deaths from the public, concerned that, in quotes, disclosure could undermine public confidence. The hidden deaths include. Oh, scroll up, scroll up a little bit. Sorry, the byline is very important. The hidden deaths include two children, seven and nine years old, who both suffered fatal cardiac arrest, which the TGA assessed as causally linked to COVID vaccination. All right, so this is from uh, Rebecca Barnett on the 15th of February, 2023. Documents obtained under Freedom of Information request by Dr. Melissa McCann reveal that the TGA appears to have hidden numerous vaccine-induced deaths from the public view, including those of two children. Dr. McCann shared the shocking revelation in her address at the COVID vaccine conference hosted by Clive Palmer's United Australia Party over the weekend in Brisbane, Melbourne and Sydney. The event featured leading ICU physician Dr. Pierre Corey. So if uh, you may remember, we've spoken about him before. He was the head of the Frontline COVID Critical Care Alliance. He was the one who had his testimony in front of Congress censored off YouTube for medical mm. misinformation when early in the pandemic he testified to the drugs, the repurposed drugs they were using to successfully treat COVID patients all the way back in March 2020. Uh, cardiologist and epidemiologist Dr. Peter McCullough and uh, so Dr. Peter McCullough is the most cited cardiologist in the world. Uh, he has had the most published papers out of any cardiologist on the planet uh, and McCullough's collaborator author John Leake addressing sold out crowds Dr McCann shared the extraordinary lengths she had to go to extract causality assessment documents relating to the TGA's investigation of reported deaths after COVID vaccination which were obtained under freedom of information requests in a process that took six months Dr. McCann lodged the request after seeing an unexpectedly high number of patients coming through her clinic experiencing adverse events after immunization also known as AEFIs. She also noticed a high number of serious AEFI reports in the uh, DAEN database, including the reported uh, death of a 14-year-old in October 2021. In her original FRI request, Dr. McCann requested causality assessments for all of the reported deaths in the DAEN database. This request was denied due to the large scope, and in negotiation with the TGA, Dr. McCann agreed to revise down the request to the 11 documents that were eventually handed over, of which 10 related to DAE and death reports. Uh, when the documents were finally provided to Dr. McCann in July 2022, she was dismayed to find that there were multiple reports that the TGA had assessed as causally linked to COVID vaccination, but with the exception of one death, had not been reported in the TGA's regular safety reports. Uh, can you just I'll hit that continue? Just hit the continue reading thing. Oh, sorry, I thought it was going to go. That's all right. Uh, following is a list of deaths that the TGA's own reports assessed as causally linked to COVID vaccination. So I, I'm not going to go through all of it, but a 21-year-old female assessed as causal, nine-year-old, a 24-year-old female. Keep scrolling down. Seven-year-old male, 21-year-old male. 
Of the above five listed deaths, only the first, which is a 21-year-old female, has been published in the TGA safety reports. So, so you would remember early on in the pandemic, Alex and I used to go through these weekly safety reports all the time. And one of the frustrating things for us was that they kept saying that they had received X amount of reports of death soon after vaccination, but they had assessed them and only, I think it's 14 was the number, which I believe is still the number on those safety reports of deaths which were causally linked to vaccination. And every single one of those causal links was based on um, thrombocytopenia from the AstraZeneca vaccine. And then as soon as they stopped using AstraZeneca in this country, they basically stopped assessing any of these deaths as causally linked to COVID. Well, now we're starting to find out the TGA themselves had causally linked some of these to COVID vaccination and hid that information from the public. Uh, Australians have been falsely and misleadingly advised by the TGA and official health representatives that out of 973 reported deaths, oh, here you go, only 14 have been assessed as being causally linked to the COVID vaccines, 13 following AstraZeneca and one following Moderna. The causality assessment reports released under FOI 3272 prove this statement to be a lie. Uh, the November 2022 TGA safety report states that there have been no deaths in children or adolescents determined to be linked to COVID-19 vaccination, but the assessments reports indicating the causal role of the Pfizer vaccine in the cases of the 7 and 9 year old children, uh, children were released to Dr. McCann in July 2022. Uh, keep going down. On reading the causality assessments provided to her under FOI 3727, Dr. McCann felt both shocked and confused. In quotes, why has this information not been provided to health professionals and the public who are making consent decisions? Children are continuing to be vaccinated, and this is something that parents deserve to be able to weigh up. Uh, it gets worse. Dr. McCann was surprised to find that documents 1 to 10 out of a total 11 documents from FOI 3727 had not been uploaded to the TGA's public disclosure log per regular protocol. She emailed the TGA to query why documents 1 to 10 had been withheld from the disclosure log and was advised in a communication on the 24th of, 24th of August 2022, in quotes. The decision maker for this request decided not to publish documents 1 to 10 pursuant to section 11C1A of the FOI Act as they contain sensitive personal information about deceased persons. Now, uh, how much sensitive personal information about deceased persons did we hear about in regards to COVID deaths in the last three years, Alex? Well, well I mean, we, that, everything was up there. That's right. Everything. Yeah. As long as it spooked you into being scared of COVID. So I'll continue. As you would appreciate, consultation with the families of the deceased was not considered appropriate and, as such, consultation was not undertaken with those families. <laughs> Further, the decision maker determined that the disclosure of the documents could undermine public confidence and reduce the willingness of the public to report adverse events to the TGA. Why would that undermine public confidence to report your adverse events? Wouldn't it make you far more likely to report adverse events? Nah, see, I read that differently. I read it. So it's if you read it like this, uh, the disclosure of documents could undermine public confidence. Yes, right? Yeah. So... It, in isolation, yes, and reduce willingness of public to report. Now, they, I think they're trying to say the truth in a lie. If that makes sense, like yeah, they're, um, they're obfuscating the truth. What they really mean is it would undermine public confidence in the vaccination program. Correct. And yeah. then they're trying to cover that up by going, "Oh, but if we if we tell people that people are dying from these vaccines, then people who've had a vaccine and have experienced some sort of negative effect afterwards, which is unexplained." 
will be less likely to report them to us. Yeah. That makes no fucking sense. Uh, to, just to put, it, to put it in perspective, if you had a car that had the gearbox stuff up and you were the only car owner of that particular model that gearbox stuffed up, you'd probably just go, yeah, something happened. It might, the car itself must have been a lemon. If 50,000 other people had the same gearbox issue, then you know it's a manufacturing fault, right? Mm. The TGA seems to have assumed that families of the deceased will not want to hear from them. On the contrary, Deb, mother of 21-year-old Natalie, uh, told Jab Injuries Australia that the lack of contact from the TGA was, in quotes, disgraceful treatment of a grieving mother who could have made a meaningful contribution to their investigations, end quote. Deb says that she has never been contacted by the TGA and only discovered the causality assessment outcome of her daughter's death via the TGA safety report, which she accessed online. So that's disgusting. Now, it's interesting that uh, you and I, uh, in our group chat, we shared a news story this week of this girl. So the mainstream media has just started reporting on this girl's case. Now, she died in March last year, the 21-year-old girl. Died in March last year, causally linked by the TGA to the vaccine, and the MSM is only now speaking about it because of this Freedom of Information Act request. Like, we don't need to keep reading because obviously we, we get the point. But this is, this is the corruption that we've been talking about in regards to the TGA. The TGA, 96% funded by the pharmaceutical companies they're supposed to regulate, are 100% bought and sold by those companies. Yeah. They hid the deaths of children from you so you would be more likely to line your children up to get vaccinated. That's what this Even means. When- and you can tell, like, remember when the way that they'll try to sell it at the time and they'll say, like, oh, sure, there's adverse events, but we still believe that vaccination is the best yeah. uh, is the best thing against COVID-19. It was so, like, I, and this is where I think they're all going to be indemnified because I think if you drill down to it, they, they have bought themselves a window by saying it's the best thing to help you against COVID-19. It doesn't say prevent you like you'll die from something else but it's the best thing to reduce COVID-19. yeah and and we we speak all the time about how every word's a weapon just like you were saying with dave mm-hmm. Chappelle. every everything he says is specifically crafted and it's the same way with these these disclosures and they're already starting to like there's news reports coming out in particularly the united states at the moment where they are trying to shift the blame for cardiac issues to COVID itself so you're starting to hear news stories about young athletes. So there was one particular one that I remember listening to on MSNBC, I think it was, and it was talking about a young college basketball player who uh, had 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 got an MRI for some reason and had some heart inflammation, which she got before the vaccine rollout began, but she had had a COVID infection. So that's enough for them to say, oh, well, COVID's obviously caused this myocarditis. Even though, if you guys think back to the beginning of the pandemic, 2020, there was no talk at all about heart-related issues coming from COVID. Anyone who died from COVID, they died from, like, pneumonia or the flu. Yeah, or or the the gunshots, like that dude in New Zealand. But there was no talk about increased issues like heart related issues and you could argue okay well maybe they didn't think to test for it 
maybe, but on a doctor's certificate, they've got to put down a cause of death, right? So they're now trying to shift this narrative where they're saying, well, if you've had a COVID infection, you're more likely to get heart issues. Now, what that doesn't take into consideration, especially in Australia, is the fact that 95% of people who will be infected with COVID have also been vaccinated. Mm. But the story is that, oh, well, look, there's these people who got a, a, COVID, a COVID infection and six months later, they developed these heart issues. So it could be something like long COVID. Like that's the, the narrative they're trying, trying to build now. Is it one study or two studies? There's a Thai study, and I think there was an Israeli study that talked about, that, that went in, um, found no causal... Uh, that was the Israeli between, one. Yep. Yeah, between COVID infection and yep. peri or myocarditis. Yeah. So that's already, been, that's already been established that that's not the case. That's right. But that's, again, so now when, when, pro, when, it, when anyone on the red pill side was trying to say certain things, what was always the line? Oh, correlation doesn't equal causation. Yeah. And now they're literally just going, oh, well, uh, these people who've had uh, inflamed hearts and heart attacks, young, healthy people... Well, they've had a, co- a previous COVID infection as well, so it must be from the previous COVID infection. Like, not even uh, looking into the fact that they may have had a pre-existing uh, heart condition, an undiagnosed heart condition, and also not looking at, like, not designated whether or not they had been vaccinated too. But they use this one specific basketballer's case because she happened to have some sort of heart issue before she got vaccinated. Uh, I had a nurse tell me, and I can't remember if I would said on the show or not, and we were talking about what was going on in hospitals and how a guy that we know, one of his friends has been diagnosed with long COVID. Yep. And she goes, you know, long COVID's not a clinical diagnosis. Yeah, and I was bullshit. I, I did know that, but the group that I was with didn't. So I'm like, oh, no, no. Like, what does that mean? And really? she's like, yeah, she goes, well, there's no... It's just... It, there's no clinical diagnosis. That's just a label that we've put on anyone that's got anything after COVID. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, so it could be like the same could be said if it was due, like uh, because of the vaccination. And she's like, well, yeah, it, like it's yeah. just a blanket top, like long COVID. And you're hearing, COVID. you're hearing figures thrown out by health professionals now going, uh, what we're seeing is that, you know, up to 4% of people who get COVID infections can get long COVID symptoms. So you better get vaccinated. Mm. It's like, you, you're still pretending that getting vaccinated stops you from getting infected. Yeah. And you, you're trying yeah. to pretend that 4 Guess what? 4% of the country is a fucking hypochondriac. There yeah. you go. It's still Solved. Christmas, man. I'm telling you, they're everywhere. Yeah, they're 100%. Double mask wearing. Yeah. yeah. But, so when we're talking about correlation and causation, do you think that knowing this Freedom of Information Act request that the TGA covered up the death of vaccine, uh, vaccine-related vaccine death of a seven and nine-year-old child might be the reason for John Skerritt's timely departure from uh, the head of the TGA? Mm. 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 Yeah, yeah. Look, correlation equals causation apparently now, so it must be that. I just want to put this out there, though. Do not... Like, nothing's going to happen to these people. Just no. so everyone knows. So yeah. sure, they it might all be true. It might come out. There might be some investigation, and they'll, they'll say uh, uh, John Skerritt, "Yep, you did it. You knowingly did it. It's the wrong thing." And it'll be like, 
bad scary. Bad yeah. scary. But it's it. it's also a thing of like, oh, if he was still here, he'd be, he'd lose his job. But he's gone, and the great news is that with this new leader that we've got, it'll never happen again. And I think that's what you're seeing all around the world. Everyone who was a big wig in this COVID plan, they've got their bag, they've been paid, and now you recycle, you get rid of those people, you try to send all the bad juju with them, and then you get a new person who's going to do the exact same thing to come in as a new figurehead, but they get a clean slate. Mm-hmm. And the World Health Organization's already gearing up for the next pandemic. Have you heard about Marburg? No. Marburg's the next one, apparently. So Marburg is a virus which has a much higher uh, fatality rate. Like, I think it's like 60% or something. Like, yeah. the, the way I've heard it described is that it's almost as deadly as Ebola. And Ebola was pretty bad. And there has just been an outbreak of Marburg in some African country, Nigeria or something like that. Where, because there, there was something like, I don't know, 15 or 16 people died of some sort of mystery disease. And now they've said that it, it was Marburg. Right. And funnily enough, the World Health Organization has just spoken about how they've got all these Marburg vaccines uh, being clinically tested. Yeah, I don't think we're falling for them again. And think about this too, pre-COVID, did they have four or five goes of this before COVID was the one that really took off? You had the bird flu, you had Zika virus, you had, uh, what was, uh, H1N1. H1N1, yep. Well, they're they're talking about bird flu again this time too. Yeah, I've seen the birds out here, they're fine. (laughs) So, uh, I don't... I've been I've been asking people around because a lot of people are now sort of uh, changing their tune a little bit on yeah. the way they've been treated the last three years, and I, I've said I worry that we're just going to do the same thing again. Yeah. And these people that did fall for it, they're like, no way, there is no way we're going to do that again because they're yeah. going through the pain now. Yeah, except except that a large percentage of them will. It's funny, I was, like, I've had a lot of conversations recently too with a, a few different people and one of the things I find really interesting is when people find a place to draw a line where they're like, nah, the media wouldn't lie about that. Like, they know that they're lying about certain things. So let, let me throw out a, a few different topics. You've had COVID pandemic, Ukraine war and climate emergency. Right, So just three topics. And a lot of those things sort of seem to intertwine a little bit at the moment too because there's a lot of the same plays involved, i.e. Bill Gates. And I was having a conversation with someone during the week and they are 100% convinced that the climate emergency is bullshit, that climate does change in a cyclical fashion and that the only reason why we are being filled full of BS is to justify the mass expenditure of taxpayer money on new green tech industries which have been created by rich people to to basically uh, go to the moon off the climate emergency hoax mm-hmm. and just get taxpayer correct. funding forever, right? Well yeah, done. I, I said something, yeah, correct. You're like, you got it. Ding! Yeah. Big tick. Yeah. But they still think that the Russia's evil and that they never should have invaded Ukraine and Ukraine are good, like the good guys and that we should keep sending yeah. them money. And, I'm and like, they've blocked their own uh, pipeline. Yeah. I'm like, 
like what are you what are you doing like you you know that the people on the tv who are lying to you about the climate hoax they're telling you things about ukraine that you're just believing at face value like i don't understand that it's that whole like what happened to once bitten twice shy now we're like you know i I know what it is i can see it i can see it it's it's like a cup um i can never say this word carb carb compartmentalize when you put them in compartments cup oh Jeez, compartmentalize. Compartmentalize. Yeah. It's, like you said, you broke it up into three subjects. So yeah. they're seeing it as three separate subjects and they have, they've used a thought pattern to get them to the uh, to realize why one was bullshit, but they've actually never applied that algo over to compartment number two or compartment number three. Yeah, because they, their emotions have been, have been triggered by those other ones. So effectively, much so, yeah, yeah, effect, yeah, effectively mm. is the right term, yeah. Mm. So yeah, I it, it's it is funny, but then I know that I've spoken to some, especially some young people. They're like, after a couple of conversations, they're like, oh, it's all bullshit. Yeah. It's all, and they see they can see it now. Now they come to me and stuff like, oh, I had this interaction, you know, at the bank, and then they realise the bank's not in it for me. They're just in it for them, and they're like, hey, like, yeah, you'll go well, you go well. I don't know if you would have seen. I uh, unusual Wales tweeted something today. They just shared the this top of an article, and it was something along the lines of like talking about inflation and how it's the millennials' fault. And all Fine. unusual Wales said about it was "fuck this." <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, 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 and, and there was a lot of comments on it going like, "How how ridiculous is it that you're going to blame inflation?" on the people who were 13 years old when the global financial crisis hit. Not the adults who were making all the decisions when that happened in the meantime. Well, no, this kind of falls in with the conversation we had last week about that socialist movement. Mm. So that, in in a way, because that's the demographic that's going to effectively switch to socialism. The young people, yep. Yeah, and then that's the kind of thing that says, like, is really denigrating them and starting to treat them like we're in a socialist thing. Like, it's your fault. Like, uh, Well, um, no, no, no. That's the sort of thing that makes socialism more appealing. Because if you, if you know that you aren't the problem, but the system keeps telling you that you are the problem, and then another system comes on and goes, hey, all these rich people saying that you're the problem, through socialism, we can take all the money off them and, and fairly distribute it amongst yourselves so you can all have the same prosperity that they've enjoyed. Like, that sounds way more appealing. I think, I think that, that is one half of it. And the other half is like, yeah, I am a piece of shit, so so should everyone. Yeah, and that's always what happens in communism is like mm-hmm. the... the um, what's it called the utopian vision of communism is that everyone gets to rise up to the same level as the elites and enjoy the luxury of lifestyle when what always happens in reality is the only way you make everyone even is that you drag everyone at the top right down to the bottom and the only people who remain on the top are are the authoritarian government because the only way that you can actually have proper communism is with an authoritarian regime which means are always like like north korea what nobody talks about is like, I'm, I, I'd actually be pro-socialist, uh, pro-communist if there was a government there that was able to like kill it. Like if they were so, no, gosh, kill it was the wrong word. <laughs> but, but, but if, Dude, if there they, was someone they've that, like, all done that. Yeah, 
I mean, I mean, some of them had performed out like in such an outstanding way and wielding this perfectly harmonious society. And they said, yeah. hey, like we can make it even more perfect if, if we just did make these changes. Yeah, I would, but I'm yet to see that yet. So therefore, I'm not going to trust. Yeah, and, and just to like to give you one brief example of why it never works is because... So I was talking to someone the other day who uh, had spoken to a friend of theirs who is Cuban. So it comes from a communist country. And they said, the reason why it doesn't work is because in Cuba, a doctor gets paid the same as a checkout chick. Mm. So why would you go and do eight years of study and four years of supervised practice to become a doctor when you get paid the same amount as a checkout chick at Coles? So what happens? No one does the hard thing. Everyone takes the easy route, which then means you have no vital services available to your country and the whole yep. society implodes on itself. Yep. And that's what you oh. saw with like you know, under under Stalin. Like, Stalin convinced everyone that the Kulaks, the farmers, because they employed people, they were evil oppressors. So what do they do? They stole the farms off, uh, off the farmers and, you know, they were... It, it, they didn't hand the wealth out. They just took the wealth off those farmers and then everyone bought into it going, yeah, now we're all at the same level. And then guess what happened? There was no food. Six million people starved. Like, it's... It, it doesn't, doesn't end well. No. It sounds. It's one of those things which is like, like all of these subjects we talk about, with the way they sell them to you. That's like the communist sales pitch. War in Ukraine. Oh, Ukraine has been unjustly uh, invaded by Russia. It's an illegal invasion, and we need to support the people of Ukraine. That's the nice utopian version of the story. But in reality, what they're asking you to do is use our taxpayer dollars to send more military equipment into a war zone to prolong a conflict as long as it can possibly be prolonged for, which will result in the deaths of more Ukrainian people, in which the only way that this war will ever come to an end is either at the negotiating table or with nuclear annihilation. Like, those are your two options. So that's like the like communist sales pitch, and then communist reality. Like it's it's yeah yeah. Whereas countries just if you get if a country gets rich, your problems get smaller. Look, well, I think I think we blow our our problems up out of proportion. We have to, you know, you, you said you watched a podcast with Young Me Park recently, and it yep. put, puts in life into context. I think the world looks for struggles. I think humans look for something to to like. We have a percentage of our brain that we dedicate to worrying about stuff absolutely and even if you had nothing to worry about you would find something because the psyche yep. seems to be built that way yeah so we do have to be mindful that the things that we are worrying about are are they really worth it or for sure you know we shouldn't be allocating any extra stuff into worrying about stuff we should just yeah. be building a stronger and better life for you and your family yeah and it's funny that um the irony of a lot of these things like like just to take climate change as a brief example the irony of things like climate change is that what the studies have shown and anyone who's actually bothered to do the research it shows you that if you want people to give a shit about the environment you have to uh, move them out of poverty because poor people if you are starving you don't give a shit about the environment you don't care what the world's going to look like in 100 years you care about how you're going to feed your child today because if you don't feed them today, they might be dead tomorrow. So poor people do not care 
And when I say mm. poor people, I don't mean poor people in Australia. There's no poor people in Australia. Yeah. Like we got social benefits. You, your ends are met in Australia. But poor people in uh, poor parts of the world do not give a fuck about the environment. All they care about is where the next meal is coming from because they're in survival mode. They have to do these things. So if you want these people to care about the environment, you need to find a way to get them out of poverty. And the studies show that if you can get everyone in the world to get to a minimum of 5,000 US dollars as income per year, all of a sudden they start thinking longer term. And that's how they start actually caring about environmental issues. Well, let me tell you, uh, I'll give a shout out to someone that's doing something about it. And that's uh, Jack Dorsey. Jack Dorsey? Jack Dorsey, ex-Twitter mm-hmm. CEO. Yep. Uh, he's over in Africa now, or has been for a while, giving people access or, and teaching them about the Lightning Network, which is a layer two uh, solution on Bitcoin, yep. which is actually what my company is going to be doing. So just... Mm-hmm. Little little hint there, yeah. But only only fifty percent, roughly, uh, it changes. Ru- only fifty percent of the world has access to banking. Yeah. Okay, so that's crazy for us to think about. Like you want you don't know anyone in Australia that does not have a bank account, right? That's right. So, so we pro- we're probably at a hundred percent banking. Yep. There are countries out there that'll have like ten percent. Yeah. So how are you supposed to run a business if you don't have access to banks? So you can only do cash, like how can you, you can do, only do it? Yeah, you can only do it um, one like like uh, in person. Yep. So a lot of these, a lot of there's a lot of internet infrastructure built in some of these developing countries. So a lot of them have phones, and a lot yep. of them have internet, but they don't still don't have banking. Well, Lightning gives them the ability to have a point of sale system and a point of uh, uh, transfer right here in their hands. And that is going to empower them to create industry for themselves. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's that all, all they needed was all they needed was the, the, the technology. They'll figure out the rest. Yeah. And, and that will change the world. That will change, mm-hmm. absolutely change the world. And, you know, I, I've got to shout out to our, our African brothers and sisters because they're the only people who are smart enough to uh, not vote on for the World Health Organization's yeah. uh, pandemic legislation. So shout out yeah. to them. They're the only reason why the World Health Organization can't just declare a pandemic whenever they want and take control of your pandemic response. Therefore, yeah. what Africa's your people like, do. We're not having that. Yeah, no. Yeah, you guys have tried this before. We're not doing. We're not playing anymore. Go yeah, on. and and look, we could we could go down the rabbit hole of everything that's been done and continues to be done in Africa, and maybe we can do that at another time. I just want to finish up this show with one uh, brief touching point, which is, so we we spoke a little while ago about the uh, disgusting police murders in Queensland, uh, mm. which happened a, a couple of months ago. And the concerning parts about sort of the follow-up to that, uh, because a few things sort of happened at that time, and there's something I need to look into, because remember, the police service looked into actually buying their property for some reason. Yeah. I don't know what's actually happened with that. I do need to look into it. Uh, if anyone knows what's happened with that, throw it in the comments uh, whether or not that's still happening. But one of the concerns that we had at the time was the Queensland police basically came out and said that they want to hear, they want you to tell on anyone who's got any sort of extremist views. And they talked about anti vaxxers and sovereign citizens. Anti vaxxers took 24 hours for it to, be, them, to become anti vaxxers. 
Yeah. Now, what I find very interesting is... So, a new article just came out uh, yesterday, I caught this, from ABC News. And the title is, Queensland Police Beef Up Assessments of Sovereign Citizens, People with Extremist Beliefs Following Wyambilla Terrorist Attack. So, they're calling it a terrorist attack now. Um, Which it is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, it says, Queensland Police must report matters... Oh, in... technically it's not. Technically it's not I don't terrorists. think it is because it's not well, really an attack white. on citizens. They're white. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, you have to be brown for it to be a terrorist attack. Yeah, yeah, true, true. It's mental um, health. It's mental health if they're white. Yeah, that that's right, that's right, that's right. Yeah. So it says here, Queensland Police must report matters involving sovereign citizens, religious extremists, and conspiracy theorists to top counter-terror teams in the wake of the Wyambilla shooting in which two officers and a local man were killed. So it says, key points. Police said their investigations concluded the December 12 ambush was, in quotes, a religiously motivated terrorist attack. Now remember, we, we were told they were anti-vaxxers. Now they're religiously motivated? Yeah, I was actually... Uh, I was happy about that, but yeah, Karen. Yeah. Uh, once reported in the system, concerns will be assessed by the state's counter-terrorism investigation teams. Police have been told interactions with extremists may, oh sorry, in quotes, may heighten the personal safety risk to police and other members of the community. Now, obviously, we know what this means. This means increased surveillance of Queensland citizens, regardless of who you are. It's just the the end to justify... Sorry, the means to justify the end, right? They want more surveillance, more powers. They've, they've used this. But get this. What I found very, very interesting was it goes through and the memo describes who the at-risk groups are. And they are as follows. Conspiracy theorists. So in other words, everyone who was right for the last three years. Religious, social, or political extremists. Now, again, who designates an extremist? If you were yeah. anti any of the government's policies, does that make you an extremist? If you're pro-war um, in Ukraine, doesn't that make you an extremist? Well, you, once upon a time it did. Russia. It doesn't yeah. anymore. It makes you a good person. Um, yeah. But religious extremists. So if you believe in God, does that make you a, a religious extremist? Uh, sovereign citizens. Now, get this bit as well as people with ideologies relating to capitalism, communism, socialism, or Marxism. What's left? <laughs> yeah, there's nothing left. If you've had a conversation with anyone about the economy and how it should be structured, you should be surveilled by the Queensland police. Do you think Peter Dutton had a massive erection when they were talking about... Oh, for sure. 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His head would have got red. Uh, yeah. When he gets red, it would just get really red. No, so I, a couple of comments. So it makes more sense to me now if it was a uh, extreme religious thing because it made no sense to me when, when it was like the sovereign citizen thing and then when it was the anti-vax thing. The anti-vax thing never made sense to me because the police actually had very little to do, in my mind, had very little to do with the, uh, with, um, like, 
lockdowns and it was primarily government. So if you're going to, yeah. if, if it was in, re, in relation to that, I thought they would have done government attacks. Not yeah, we said that, that at the time. Like, mm. if it was really related to, to that, you would have gone and tried to take out someone significant. Not, yeah. not just wait for, for random young police to show up at your property. Like, that that well, accomplishes nothing. That was, yeah. What's that, sorry? So, it wasn't wait, bait. They baited them. So, it wasn't waiting for them to, yeah. the police to come. They baited yeah. them. Uh, so, Allegedly. Now, I don't know, I don't know anything about the that religious um, organization, like that, that the radical Catholic um, or Christian... I've never heard of them before, so it's, it's worth a look. The sovereign citizen thing I thought was wild because I didn't realise that that's real. I'd heard it before, but that is a real thing. There is a way that you can legally uh, basically remove yourself from the current, current government system. Yeah, it's like you don't is... recognise the current government's laws. Yeah, uh, don't if you are going to search for it, don't do it on a government computer. <laughs> yeah. Maybe use the Tor browser or something like that. Oh, um, I guarantee you at this point in time, anyone who's looking at searching for that stuff is already on a list anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, I... So in a way, I was kind of like happy that it's gone this way because it, 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 it didn't really drill down into uh, anti-COVID rhetoric, which I was most scared about because I thought mm-hmm. that was going to be the most powerful thing to... Um, to sort of rile up against. There yeah. has been extreme um, uh, religious factions in the past and, and some of these, uh, well, ex- I don't want to say it's a religious thing because it's just a form of extremism, a, a group of extremists. Yeah. And, you know, uh, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not averse to... I'm not averse for, uh, to... Um, authorities investigating potential crimes. Yeah, of course. Just don't want them uh, acting on pre-crimes like in the movie Minority Report, which I also yeah, watched this week. Yeah, 100%. And, and at the end of the day, what what you're concerned about, you want the authorities to spend their time looking into uh, substantiated potential threats. Yeah, what yeah, you yeah, don't yeah. want them doing is uh, profiling regular citizens non-criminals based on their affiliations or facebook posts uh, or vaccination status and Mm. then trying to create a justification for your investigation of that person Mm. Mm. because i mean one of the most high profile examples is friendly geordies jordan shanks Mm. who emerged out of the uh out of the wilderness this week as well with uh his latest video which talks about the yeah it's great but it talks about the potential people who could have firebombed his house um and he was targeted by the uh what was the task force called the 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 counter-terrorism fixated fixated persons unit yep that's right fixated persons unit so on he was targeted because he obviously had some criticism of the government and had a high profile. So they targeted him with the... It's a counter-terrorism ta- task force, the Fixated Persons Unit. And this is the concern about, about this, is that all they're doing is they're using a disgusting situation. Like, no no police should, have, should ever be shot at, ever. Ever, ever, ever. Unless they're committing a crime themselves, I guess. But... The, the concerning thing is, I feel like part of me goes, 
have they already established enough justification to look into anti-vaxxers? They don't really need to use it for that anymore. And now they're like, oh, maybe we could go the religious angle. Or maybe we could go... Because I don't know where the religion came into it. Like, I can see how they made the the anti-vax connection because weren't two of them... Like, one was a principal and one was a teacher and they had lost their jobs because of mandates. So, I can understand... Well, they hadn't that. lost their jobs. They were not working. Yeah, they, they had cho- chosen to leave before getting vaccinated, before the deadline. Yeah. yeah, so I can see how you sort of build that narrative at the time. But now it's like, oh, well, so their investigations say that they were motivated by religious reasons. Well, like, what's the evidence for that? Like, well, that's a- but you don't know. But you don't know. The, it would make sense that an investigation has been done more thorough now. So yeah. I don't think that's a stretch to think that they have found something now. And yeah, that, okay. that's the only one that makes sense to me because nothing else made sense. So at least yeah. that makes sense to me. But but the issue with it is, okay, let's say they were religious extremists. Well, now, if you believe in capitalism, you're being surveilled because of what yeah, these religious a, extremists did. It's bonkers. No, well, all, the, all that means is but, this was a power grab for more surveillance powers and they've achieved their goal. I don't necessarily think... Uh, I don't necessarily agree with that. I, I think... I think they've got, like you said, they've been able to surveil anyone they've wanted for as long as they've wanted. I think that that, that article, I'm sure, is just a, a, it's just a, it's just some reporter's interpretation of it. I I, I, I think they were able to surveil whoever they wanted during COVID under a state of emergency. And this is something I've mentioned before. Now that the state of emergency extraordinary powers are no longer available, but they got so used to using them. I can't help but feel like this is just an attempt to get to maintain some of those powers moving forward. That that surveillance stuff has been around before COVID. Not like but the, potentially not legal though. No, they've been doing it. But anyway, anyway, the where I think the problem can be is like what happened with the counterterrorism unit of the FBI in America, yep. where they had. There was an article I'd read that had something like 45 agents that were working for like five years and basically all of them were only like looking at three people who they ended up, because they had nothing to do, because there was no like terrorism happening. They had to, they basically riled a guy up to get him to, you know, make a bomb and then they arrested him. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. They they entrapped him. Yeah. Yeah. It's the same way there was another case about there's something like 15 people that were suspects that they had credible threats to kidnap a politician and 12 out of the 15 were FBI agents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> it's like, it's like uh, they got so in character. They're like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, let's, yeah. let's do this, let's do this. And then they become the thing that they uh, well, for sure. but, I mean, want to fight against. Like, you, you guys know how it works. You've all got jobs. If there's no work for you to do, well, guess what? You're probably not going to have a job, are you? And most people generally will try to find work to justify their employment so they can keep getting paid. And I don't think yeah. it matters what in, what industry you're in. Yeah, like, you, you, you're going to want job security. I mean, look at what happened during the pandemic with all these doctors who just got pressured by, the, by APRA to push the, the government narrative whether they believed it or not. How many of them spoke out? Not many. It's not the right thing to do, as we've now seen with this FOI leak from the TGA where they covered up the death of children. 
but you know it's mental anyway let's leave it there sorry before before we go one last quick thing just to briefly mention update on the project veritas situation with james o'keefe uh i'm just going to send you in the direction of the project veritas social media whether it's twitter or instagram or facebook they have released a statement on it they have stated that uh james o'keefe is not removed from the company although we still haven't heard from james o'keefe since this has all happened uh they have said that basically it, it, it seemed they're trying to make it out like oh this whole thing's a bit of a storm in a teacup i I feel like the statement itself doesn't actually explain anything correctly or tell you anything we didn't already know. I think it's more a more so a public relations response to everybody going, I'm not going to donate you any more money until we hear from James. Yep. So I would just suggest go and read it. It's, it is very interesting. Uh, and look, all we can hope for is that they bring James back and he gets to continue doing the Lord's work, uh, which is what he was put on this earth to do. All right, let's leave it there, guys. Thanks very much for joining us. We will see you next week. Bye-bye.